your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Inside the 1 o'clock hour on The Fan, Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, taking you to 2 a.m., 2 a.m., K.M. to 2 a.m. Almost couldn't say taking you to 2 a.m., K.M. to 2 a.m. Not there yet. But uh, following up on what I was just speaking on, if you're just joining us this hour, I was talking about how, you know, the trade deadline for the Mets in 2023, we'll never see another owner or team pull off a stunt like that. They just don't want to light that much money on fire. But, um, you know, I started listing all the guys and where they went. I'm sure I left some out. But I did mention Justin Verlander, right? And I was reading an article today on SNY.com about Justin Verlander being delayed by injury and that possibly impacting his vesting option and the money that the Mets owe him. Verlander's 2025 option vests if he reaches 140 innings this season. As every Mets fan remembers, last year he started off slow as well. Justin Verlander is what, 40 now? Justin Verlander is 40 years old now. Him and Aaron Rodgers, same age. So last year, Justin Verlander, um, you know, got into spring training, whatever, whatever. His The start to his season um, was delayed. And he ended up pitching 162 innings last season. But let me go and give you the details of what's going on here and, and, and go back to talking about what Steve Cohen did with Billy Epler. Now Billy Epler has been shown the door he won't get the thanks that he probably deserves down the line for what they were able to pull off in a season where you weren't making the playoffs and you weren't winning anything and uh, whatever. It was a disaster. So when the Mets traded Verlander, they agreed to pay $25 million of his 2024 salary and to pay half of his $35 million salary in 2025, which will only be required if the option vests. Verlander's option will vest if he reaches 140 innings if it vests, the Mets will be on the hook for $17.5 million. If it doesn't vest, the Mets will owe Verlander nothing in 2025 since he'll be a free agent. So, like, when you're looking at what David Stearns is doing right now, David Stearns is well aware of all this. When you're looking at this offseason compared to the past two offseasons for the New York Mets, there's a reason that they're also signing these short-term, one-year deals, these minor league deals, and they're not locking themselves in on these long-term contracts for guys. Like, I guarantee you Steve Cohen learned his lesson about signing 40-year-old pitchers. The headline looks good. It's not a great return on investment. 877-337-6666. The article goes on to say that the Mets were able to achieve the goal of um, receiving three consensus consensus top 100 prospects by taking on so much money. So the reason the Mets ate so much money in the trade that sent Verlander to Houston and the deal that shipped Max Scherzer to Texas was because they wanted to maximize their prospect return. So you ended up getting Luis Angel Acuna, Drew Gilbert, and Ryan Clifford. And most people tell you that those guys you can see sooner rather than later. If they have good years this year, you could see them sooner rather than later. So just that fast, right, you might see these guys right after this trade deadline. If they are what people say they are, that might be good, that might be bad. 
um, you kind of would hope that the major league guys hold them off a bit. And you also would hope that the Mets are winning where like you're playing competitive games and games that matter. And you're not just calling up young guys and say, all right, come on down. But I mean, the future, I won't say the future is bright, but the future looks better. And it, it might just be two, three years away. Like Ronnie Mauricio exists too. How long is he going to take to rehab and come back from his injury? I think that the 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 most forgotten about player in in this year for the Mets, uh, like at least from conversations I have with people and what I read online and even listening to the fan, I feel like Francisco Alvarez's name is not brought up enough. I like that kid. Like that kid has just like. He has the modern-day superstar in Major League Baseball it factor about him. And if that kid is healthy and plays a whole season, how many homers is he going to hit? He might hit enough homers to make David Stearns really actually consider trading Pete Alonso and not extending Pete Alonso. It's just a joke. Like, but You understand what I'm saying? Like, If he comes through with a power bat, uh, they might reconsider. Maybe we don't need the 40 home runs for, from Pete Alonso for $300 million that... Him and Scott Boris are, are seeking. Speaking of Scott Boris, baseball's Bond villain, they are calling them the Boris Five. So on Yankees hot stove, Bob Lorenz and Jack Flaherty, they're talking about um, the Boris Five. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, and J.D. Martinez. Those guys are waiting to sign. They're not reporting. They're chilling right now. And I don't know, man. Like, if I'm a baller, if I'm a ball player, and I think I'm like a a premium player and I'm looking for this big-time contract, it would kind of bother me that my agent also has four other guys that are, you know, of that ilk unsigned. Like, what are you doing, bro? Get us the deal. Like, get us in the camp. We're ready to compete. And... I was reading another article. Let's see if I can find it now. I always have 100 tabs open, and I have notes. Like, one day I'm going to do, like, a piece of content on my, like, how I get prepared for a show, how I put together notes, uh, you know, how I put stuff in front of me to talk about on the fan. And shout out to my homie Ben, my young boy Ben. Um, ben, I did not open your notes, but um, I have a, a young guy, Ben, who does sports content that has been um, – working for me in a way and I showed him like you know what a one sheet looks like here and uh he listens to the show and he does his own podcast and so show so he put the, he puts together a one sheet for me a couple days a week Ben, now now I'm, I'm looking at your one sheet if you're still awake and and listening but not for nothing I put together my own notes for three years um uh, I don't need to lean on your one sheet but you never know and I appreciate it there there are days uh, in my life that are crazier than others. Like Tuesday, snow day, uh, I got nowhere for my son to go, and I end up being daddy daycare all day. So that's a day where I had to lean on some some notes for my boy Ben. Maybe tomorrow as well. Um, spoiler alert for uh, people that follow me on Instagram. I'm getting back into the modeling game. I don't know if I ever told you guys this on the fan, and we'll get back to the story that I read about Jordan Montgomery and the Boars 5. Way before I thought I'd be on WFAN, also while I was on my journey to get to something like WFAN, I was applying to jobs every day. Last night I was talking about how I have a 2018 job search folder with 125 emails of places that I either 
applied to or talked to or had an interview or a second round or whatever. I remember it was December of 2018, and usually things slow down in the job search because people are checking out for the holidays. Like, you're not going to get somebody to respond to your cover letter resume once you get to mid-December because people are on vacation and with their families. And, like, you're beat. If you didn't interview by, like, mid-December, latest, like, December 18th, 19th, you're cooked. So what I started doing was applying to modeling agencies. And I'm I'm boy dad no no dad bod, but I'm I'm definitely closer to a dad bod than the uh, modeling body I had back in 2018. But I was like really ripped. I was actually like model ripped, and I was able to snag a modeling contract, a modeling deal. And um, 2018, I, I signed a modeling contract. It's like an 18 month modeling contract. So I do the modeling all 2019, and then I am supposed to start or continue doing the modeling into 2020, and then we fall into the pandemic. And then I just quit. Like, and then I'm like, like I'm not going. You, you can't go to auditions and casting calls when everything's shut down. But then also, the industry industry started to shift to, like, self-tapes, and I just wasn't beat during the quarantine time to do, like, self-tapes, audition. Like, I just stopped. But um, my modeling agent, shout out to Mike, big Yankees fan, kept tabs on me. And I think he sent me some stuff at the end of last year. And I was like, Mike, like not for nothing, bro. I'm on the radio now. I'm not, I'm not modeling. He's like, well, you could. And he's like, you have a kid, right? You could use some extra money. I'm like, all right, let me take some new headshots, some new photos. I did that in like October. Boom. Now I got a little modeling gig tomorrow. So I'll, uh, I'll post some of that on my, um, on my Instagram, but back to Jordan Montgomery and the Boris five. The Boris Five, they're lingering out there, and time is ticking. Tick, 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 tick. I was reading on MLB trade rumors. Chris Young, who uh, just got the Texas Rangers their ring. Chris Young says the Rangers do not expect to have any further additions. (laughs) And that's where everybody's expecting Jordan Montgomery to sign this week. Now, that could be cap, could be smoke and mirrors. I don't know why you need to have smoke and mirrors as far as, like, who you're signing or who you're not signing. But the article says the Rangers have been holding out hope for a reunion with left-hander Jordan Montgomery, but general manager Chris Young threw plenty of cold water on that Wednesday, telling the team's beat reporters that any notable acquisitions are unlikely at this point. The quote was, I don't think that there are any additions coming at this point. Young candidly stated, While he maintained that the Rangers will keep an open mind on free agents, including Montgomery, he also noted that long-term uncertainty regarding the team's television contract, like that's a whole nother thing. We don't even have the time to talk about Bally Sports and that holding up the Texas Rangers is real. And baseball's got to step in and fix that, Rob. Like you guys literally, you, you like Major League Baseball has the power to step in and fix this whole thing with Bally Sports going bankrupt and them having control of the rights. So, like, how we watched the Mets on SNY and the Yankees on Yes Network, and obviously those channels are controlled and owned by the team, that's not the case for every team. When I was in the fan cave, we had to physically turn on the TVs, and so I learned every, like, broadcasting channel is different now a decade later, but I learned, like, oh, I remember watching, like, Root Sports, Root Sports broadcasted the Colorado Rockies, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Seattle Mariners. 
But then, like, the Dodgers had their own, um, like, Time Warner Cable um, channel that showed them and, and the Lakers and whatever. And, I mean, now where we are with streaming and these deals, like, it's a wild, wild west. But, like, the Texas Rangers right now are being held up by their television contract with Bally Sports or whatever. It's... It, maybe I'll when we get when we get in the weeds one night. Maybe I'll have like I'll work on something to break all that down. And I know some of you understand what I'm talking about, but I don't have the time tonight as I'm running out of time. But ultimately, what I'm saying here is the World Series champions do not have a deal to be shown on their own channel like a Yes Network or an SNY like the Mets and the, and the Yankees do. And Rob Manfred and the Yankees could swoop in, or Rob Manfred and the Yankees. Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball right here in New York could swoop in and help them. But they always fumble the ball with that. MLB.TV is a joke. The blackouts. And then even with, like, the struggle they have to just, I don't know, put the postseason where people could find it. Not on TBS or not on all these different channels, whatever. There are some Yankee fans that seem to think that Jordan Montgomery still is in play for the Yankees. Sure, maybe. But I don't know. I feel like... uh you know, that's that's the type of thing. That's like a case of the X type of thing where it's like, hey, you guys broke up. You guys are on kind of bad terms. Don't double dip. Don't go back. It's not going to work out the second time unless he wants to sign for the low. 877-337-6666. My guy, Dan in Middletown on the fan again. What's up, Dan? Hey, Keith. How are you tonight? I'm good. Bringing it home, man. I'm watching uh, my guy, Scott Van Pelt, one of my favorites all time on Sports Center, and, uh, you know, just trying to have a little Mets and Yankees conversation to bring this home tonight. I'm looking forward. Pitchers and catchers reporting. So a few months ago, I texted my friends when the Yankees traded for Soto, and I, I can send you the text on LinkedIn. I said that the Yankees are going to use um, you're the one that I want for Juan Soto's Valentine's Day. So this was a day I was very intrigued to see if they'd do it, and I called my shot with it. Good job, Dan. The, I, I did not see that. Uh, the Valentine's Day card stuff is always so cheesy and forced, but I, I think that was an easy one to call. Even, uh, you know, with the newspapers, right? The newspapers and their play with, with Juan Soto. Um, I just hope this guy hits. I just hope this guy has the best walk year we've ever seen, a judge-like walk year, and I hope they win the World Series. Did you see that? The Yankees had Juan Soto in their Dominican Republic training academy, speaking to the young players that are signed with the Yankees. I did not see that, but I think that this guy's going to be here long term, or at least I hope. He's one of the best players in baseball. I think that him and Judge, pound for pound, are maybe the two best hitters in the game right now, and those guys are going to match. The guy I'm really nervous about is, one, I don't know how much you're going to get offensively from your catching position. And two, DJ LeMahieu is starting to get very concerning for me because he, he didn't have a great year last year. And if they really want to go far, if you get a healthy, maybe not 2020 or 2019 DJ LeMahieu, but a 2022 first-half version of DJ LeMahieu, someone that can set the table for this lineup, that's huge. I don't think people are talking about that enough. He could be such a big player in terms of their success, but he could also hinder them so much. Yeah, so I talked about it a little bit tonight because, um, you know, both guys that you kind of mentioned right here, like Jose Trevino at catcher. I mean, when Jose Trevino was an all-star, he had some clutch moments at the plate swinging the bat. He hit some homers, hit some doubles. 
he he had some games. I remember he had some games where he hit. But last year, he had the wrist injury. He was compromised swinging the bat. He's also compromised again. He's got the calf strain coming in to spring training, but they're saying it's minor. He's doing all his drills and stuff. Um, also, Austin Wells, it, you know, when you when you ask, like, you know, um, what did you say about the catching position? Or not ask, but you said you're not sure how much offense they'll get from the catching position. If it's a platoon situation with Trevino and Austin Wells, Austin Wells can hit. He showed us last year that lefty bat, that power bat is there. And if Trevino returns to his all-star form from 2022, I think they'll be perfectly fine there. Now, DJ was mentioned today, and Boone was was really bigging him up. You know, he was really uh, singing his praises. I think it was what was most interesting to me. I don't look at DJ as a runner. I don't look at him as a burner. I don't look at him as a fast guy at all. But Boone talked about him staying there and doing the offseason running program and training and Boone spoke about the power in his legs. And, you know, if that's the case, if, if he thinks Boone or if Boone thinks DJ, I don't know. Sometimes Boone just sells you on whoever he's got to sell you on. But if he's saying that he's been putting in the work and doing the offseason program, maybe he's lifting legs and he's got, you know, a little more power from his legs, they're expecting him to be the leadoff hitter. And if he can return to somewhat of the form from 2019, we're really rocking. And I mentioned the whole thing about having a kid. I know for me personally, I'm a different man. I'm a different person now. Just through the course of the last year with my 10-month-old son, his daughter was born in 2021. We're now in 2024. He's not, you know, he's not in that new dad space anymore. He's not in that, you know, being up at night or, or you know, even, you know, going through those early paranoias with, with the baby. DJ LeMayu's daughter... She's going on three, maybe four now. Um, he, I, I think he's probably adjusted to that. I think this is a chance for him to have a big year. I agree. I think the thing with them is that there's so much potential, but there's so much question marks going into this year. That, and the other thing is they have to stay healthy. They have not been able to stay healthy, really. I don't remember the last time. Like I think 2017 was really the last time that they were fully healthy. Yeah, no, and no one was expecting season. anything from them. So, like, they had a bunch of guys healthy that nobody was looking at to do it. Like, nobody was expecting that. Like, they lead the league in IL stints. They have a, a bunch of guys that are over 30 that are going to get hurt. I just, I don't know. I expect it. It's part of all sports. It's part of the game. We are talking about the Knicks tonight, and I'm like, oh, well, the Knicks lost four in a row. They cooled off. But why? Do they, do they just all of a sudden suck? No, the entire team is hurt. They're they're missing a whole starting roster. They're a whole starting five. They're missing OG. They're missing Randall. They're missing DiVincenzo, uh, Bogdanovich. Like they, they're missing guys with the Yankees. If they can figure out a way, which of course they're going to try and figure out a way with scheduled rest and off days and uh, getting guys out of games and you know putting in defensive replacements or whatever. If they can find a way to stay healthy, we know on paper they should contend and compete with anybody they face this year. I agree. I think the biggest thing for me is the rotation. Carlos Rodon is the two. What what version of Carlos Rodon? Speaking is of being healthy, right? His first year for the Yankees wasn't even a year; it was a half year, and it was bad. Now he slimmed down, shaved his mustache off. Come on, have a have a full year and compete. That's what like so. If if everything goes right for them, they win the division and they can challenge the World Series. I still think no. If everything I'm goes right really... for them, they win the division, they win the World Series, and like they should. They have too much talent. You have the reigning AL Cy Young winner, the uh, 
AL MVP from two years ago. You have Juan Soto on the team. You've got young guys. You've got veterans. There's no excuse at this point to not be go like they they said it today. We're hell bent on on being champions. Go win the World Series then. No excuses. They they had all the excuses last year. They did. And to be fair, they were very, they were injured, and once Judge went out, that lineup just couldn't do anything, and guys were hurt. Guys were playing through injuries. Anthony Rizzo was playing with a concussion, which is scary. I think that I'm excited, but the biggest thing that will, is who's closing you. Clay Holmes is a good closer, but I still think I want someone that I'm sure about. Because as good as Clay Holmes can be, there's the occasional nice-inning meltdown, and when he's bad, it tends to go three and four weeks. Strap in. The roller coaster's back on. We're getting back on the roller coaster ride. Clay Holmes is your closer. Clay Holmes is your closer. And I think that's who you're going to see for the most part. Maybe Jonathan Loisiga. Uh, maybe they put somebody else in there. I don't know. Ron Marinaccio, Ian Hamilton. I don't know. It's Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes is the closer. Yeah. But you, I think you'll admit this too. Like, he's a. He gives me. Of course, I'll never get that Marlins. I'll never get that Marlins game in series out of my mind. They ruined a bunch of Sundays for me last year, and a lot of times it was because Clay Holmes couldn't close game and series. And ironically, it was always on Sundays for some reason. Yeah, because that's when the game and series ends on Sunday. They blew the Lord's day. I'm like, man, God don't even like this version of the Yankees. It, it was a tough season. I, toughest season I've been a part of. Like, I'll go back sometimes just because I missed that 2017 team so much. Because I was too young. I don't remember the World Series. So 2017 is oh, my favorite generation of the Yankees. That is a shame, man. Like, you, you're a part of this young generation of Yankee fans. You guys hold that 2017 team up in such high regard. I forget about them that they were they made it to Game Seven of the ALCS. I'm like. <laughs> that's not I'm I, I'm I'm just in I'm in the uh the late nineties, early two thousands when I when I go back to the years. Twenty seventeen was cool. It was a magic carpet ride. We ran into the trash can bangers. Ultimately though, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that we gotta get over eighty two and eighty. Now we're back in spring training and there are a lot of question marks, but that's exactly why we watch. Thanks for the call, Dan. 877-337-6666. That's why you're going to spring training, right? You want to see with your own eyes. That's why you'll be buying tickets to opening day and the first couple series. And that's why you'll be checking the calendar and seeing when the Yankees are going on the road. I want to go to Camden Yards this year. I got to look into that, especially because now they got this build a ballpark, especially now because uh, they got this Birdland bird bath with Mr. Splash bunch of goofy nonsense down there, and they got this new ownership group, and they got a stacked team, and they got Corbin Burns. I would love to go down there and be Corbin Burns versus Garrett Cole. Let's try and turn it back into Yankee Stadium South. It's been too long. It's been too long. I I mean, I would never do this again, but I remember taking the bus to Baltimore. Hell no. Not doing that again. I'll drive. Or I'll take the train, maybe. No, I'm not taking public transit. I'll drive. I'll drive myself to Baltimore. Or I'll now nah, I'm not even I'm not even going passenger. Somebody can ride with me. If we're going to Camden Yards, I'm booking a hotel. I'm taking off. I'm driving us down there. I'm I'm going to the game, maybe Friday night, Saturday, day game, and I'm coming back. And I'm saucing it up and I'm in pickles and I'm talking trash from the upstairs of pickles and I'm yelling at O's fans. 
downstairs and we're saying, let's go Yanks. And we're getting rowdy and we're rooting on our team, man. And we're taking over their building. It's going to be a little tougher. Those, those tickets aren't going to be so cheap anymore. And now they got a little squad. They won 101 games. So we're not just waltzing in there and, and having our way, but good, good. Let's see it. Let's see it. I'm ready for baseball, man. Every day, 105, 705, 1005, whatever it is. Let's get there. Let's let's accelerate. I what was I saying? I said I'm going through the motions till I get on that plane for spring training. Let's accelerate. It's it's the 15th of February. We're on the other half of this month now. We're a hop, skip, and a jump away. Two weeks from right now, the month is over. Two weeks from tomorrow, it's March 1st. Get me to opening day, please. Fast. Quick, fast, in a hurry. All right, we got to take a break. Quick, fast, in a hurry. Tim, you'll be first up when we come back from the break. Now, we were talking Yankees. I was trying to get some Mets fans to call in and talk about the uh, trade deadline and the David Stearns era, but I get it if you guys aren't enthused. I get it if you guys aren't pumped up about what you're about to see. Good, good. Set your expectations low, and you can't be disappointed. And Yankee fans, hey, they said they're hell-bent on uh, being a champion. And I know a lot of you were saying, hey, well, if you're hell-bent on being a champion, go out there and sign Jordan Montgomery, go out there and sign Blake Snell. Doesn't exactly work like that. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. It's going to be an interesting couple weeks here, spring training, as we proceed. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call me up at 877-337-6666. We'll be back after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, 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 oh, hey, okay, okay, okay. Probably like less than 20 minutes here. Keith McPherson on The Fan. Uh, just reading MLB trade rumors and whatnot. Something I wanted to bring to the table that... I haven't mentioned tonight with the Yankees and all the talk about the top of the lineup. I just think they got a sneaky bottom of the order, however it shakes out. 877-337-6666. Think about it, right? We're talking about DJ LeMayu, right? Because, of course, Boone's got to put him over and talk about how his legs look better and he's in great shape. And Boone is, Boone is always going to sell you on, like, who you should be not down on, right? And even, like, Big G, he, he hasn't seen him yet, but he's been in conversations with Big G. So I'm not worried about, like, DJ, Soto, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton. I'm thinking about when you get lower in the lineup and you start talking about Glaber Torres and you start talking about Alex Verdugo and you start talking about Anthony Volpe, like, just when these pitchers think they get a break and they get past those guys at the top, no, you don't get a break. There are no breaks. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Tim is in Williston Park. What's up, Tim? 
Hey, Keith. First of all, I love the way you handled the Kansas City thing. Obviously a tragedy, but I appreciate your uh, candor. Thanks. Yeah, had to find some kind of way to talk about it and not talk uh, about other things as if it's not going on. And, you know, here we are the next day after still uh, praying yeah, and we'll hoping see how for it... good news to come out of there. But, I mean, it's it's bad news. Hopefully most of the uh, people survive and do well and, and everything works out as best as it can. Um, but in terms of the Yankees, <clears throat> and actually you just kind of said the same thing I was thinking of, which is, I've I've heard a lot of like, you know, if everything works out right, actually, if about fifty percent of the things work out, let's consider Judge and and Soto a constant. Like, put that on the side. So that's two out of nine. Then you have Volpe. You just kind of said this, so but you have Volpe. You have Torres. We don't know what Stan's going to do. Um, the fellow from. Boston Verdugo? Mm-hmm. Alex Verdugo. Yeah. yeah. And then you have a couple other players there that are impact players. And, I mean, let's not discount the fact that Volpe stole 20 bases last year. 20-plus, right? So, like, I think even if 50 or 60% of things work out, they have a pretty scary lineup. Yes. Uh, so, it could be talked about as one of the best lineups in the American League. Yeah, I agree with you. So then, um, I guess, then, uh, what do you think about, I know this is going to be controversial, but I'm just going to bring it up anyway. Trevor Bauer. It's not controversial. I I feel like we've talked about it now for over a month. Um, I don't think the Yankees are going to do it. I don't think the Mets are going to do it. I don't think anyone in baseball is going to do it. I I might be wrong, and I'd like to be wrong, because I think the guy deserves a second chance. But right. while there are still cases pending, while we still don't know everything we need to know, you bring on Trevor Bauer, you bring on a whole storm of people that don't even care about baseball, you bring on a, a whole bunch of attention uh, in the news that doesn't have anything to do with baseball, just people that are going to say, he's an abuser, he's a monster, how how can you sign him? Look what they're doing. They're enabling someone that uh, is a womanizer, abuser, sexual harassment. Like you, you're just asking for um, a whole storm of nonsense for a guy that we're not even 100 percent sure is an ace, is a major league caliber pitcher. I know he played out there in the NPB for the Bay Stars, and he he talks a great game. He knows a lot about the game, but um. I think the only way he gets back into baseball is if someone signs him for the low. And he's been on a campaign trail. He was sitting right in here where I am right now. I listened to that whole BT and, oh, and right. Sal interview. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I watched his Fox News hit, and he was just on a podcast that I was seeing some clips on where he was saying, I'll play for the league minimum. I just want the opportunity to, like, regain my career. And I just – I just, it's he made some mistakes. He made some mistakes. Uh, yeah, New York's probably not the market for that to happen. No, I New York's you. definitely not the market because I know how Yankee Stadium is. There will be people that'll buy out a whole section just to have posters that say the Yankees are employing another abuser. Oh, because of uh, what's his name? Yeah, because I mean, okay. yeah, there's there's been that would be a pattern. Um, that would be a pattern. You had Chapman, oh. you had Domingo, you had you had uh, Trevor Bauer here. It'd be hard to you know say anything against those folks. The only one other point I wanted to bring up is I've heard a couple times, you know, I listen to the fan all the time. I listen to you all the time. 
Um, and it, in terms of like the Yankees being able to, so they were, they were behind the Orioles by 17 games, I think, or something like that last year. 19, yeah. 19? Okay. I think the number was 19. Yeah. And, um, I've heard the, the sort of the diatribe about, well, are they going to be able to make up that 19 game deficit? But like, we have to look at it in like NHL or NBA. Um, it's a new season. Are the Orioles going to be the same team? I know everybody thinks that Corbin Burns just makes them uh, immediately 10 more games better. I guess they're going to win 111 games like the Dodgers. Man, they got to show me. They got to, like, and that's what Boone was talking about today. Talk is cheap or whatever, but we got to show everybody. We got to, like, just, that's why you line it up and play. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't reserve the Orioles as the same team that they were last year. They're young. They got to do it again. Yeah, my Keith, my thought process when I brought that up was just that, um, like, every time the Yankees beat them, it's kind of like a two-game swing, you know, kind of like in hockey and in the NBA when you're in the same division. So it's not that they have to make up 17. They really only have to make up eight. Yeah, and or, the Yankees, and like, I was, I was there. I was at the series in July. I was at the series also, I believe, in May. The 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 end of the season and and the thing about that nine game losing streak the the Yankees finishing that far behind the Orioles isn't as it, it doesn't tell the story of how close they actually were when they played the Orioles is what I'm trying to say like oh okay got you you know there were some games that the Yankees blew against the Orioles there were games that that Aaron Boone got tossed against the Orioles there were there were games where they could have jumped the Orioles in that. Four-game set at Yankee Stadium during July 4th holiday. The Yankees go up two games. They could have taken the series. They end up splitting the series because they pissed down their leg. If you don't do that, and they were doing that with, like, Harrison Bader leading the way. Um, if you don't do that and you actually have a healthy Aaron Judge and you add a Juan Soto, it's going to be a little different ball game this year. I agree with you. By the way, um, my daughter just got into Monmouth. We're not sure if she's going there yet. but go Hawks. Um, yeah. It's a it's a gorgeous school. It is a gorgeous school. It's you know they they advertise it as one mile away from the beach, one hour away from New York City. It's better than it was when I went there for sure. <laughs> I went down with her and it was it was absolutely awesome. Anyway, I appreciate you and I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for the call, Tim. Yeah, now you done got me on the uh, schedule from last year, and I got to go back. I remember. The Yankees blew a game, and I got to go find it because I, I will remember this. My son was born on the 13th, and the Yankees did me a favor that night. They ended up losing to the Twins, and I think they gave up nine runs in the first inning. So I was in the hospital like, oh, I don't even got to bother watching that nonsense. I can just sit here and stare at my son. But then not long after that, I said I went to the series in May. Okay, so let me look at this box score. I think it was May 24th. I was home with my wife, and the Yankees, yep, the Yankees were up 5-1 to one in the fifth inning, and they ended up giving up eight runs in the top of the seventh. And I think I yelled or screamed or dropped an F-bomb or, or, or did something loud where my wife looked at me, and she's like, are you crazy? The baby's sleeping. I'm like, my bad. And she's like, if you're going to yell like that, you might as well go to the stadium. And that was when, like, we were in the, I was deep in the, like, new dad. Like, I was in paternity leave. Like, 
not sleep in spiral. And, and, and she was like, if you're going to yell like that, you, you might as well go to the stadium. I was like, oh, I can go to the stadium tomorrow. It's like, yeah, go. If you're going to, if you're going to be yelling, watching the game in here while you sleep and go, I'm like, <laughs> say less. I'm out of here. And then of course I go to the stadium the next day and they lose to the Orioles three, one when they could have taken the series the night before. I'm telling you that like they, I watched these games last year and I did not forget them. And they were doing this. Let's let's just for for s's and giggles. Let's see who was in the like lineup that day. And just so like I'm telling y'all, it's not gonna be what it was last year. And for for people that want to live in last year, y'all live in last year. I'm on to this year. Um, Willie Calhoun was batting fifth that game, the, the deciding game of that series. <laughs> Willie Calhoun was batting fifth and DHing. Um, let's let's continue. So that was May. I just referenced. The July games. Shout out to my boy Lee at Casamigos. I pulled up with Jake from the Bronx Zoo. We sat right next to the Yankees dugout. And uh, we enjoyed the fireworks and whatnot. That was July 3rd. The Yankees won 6-3. The following night, on actual July 4th, the Yankees won 8-4. I wish there was some way for me to pull up the standings. Um, Let's see. AL East standings July 4th 2023 I don't know if this even works I don't don't think you can really do that but from what I remember the Yankees were right there with the Orioles in the standings let's see so in the AL East hmm come on Keith you actually you, you you're right on there so the Baltimore Orioles on that date were 49 and 35 the Yankees were 48 and 38. There were two games behind the Orioles at that juncture when they took the first two games in Yankee Stadium. Fireworks night and then the actual July 4th. And then what do the Yankees do? I just told you. I remember this vividly. They pissed down their leg the rest of the series. They go on to lose 6-3 to the next day and then 14-1 to the last day of that series to split the series. You had them. You had the two games. You were behind them right there. Let's just, you know, for S's and giggles, look at the, the box score and see who was in the lineup that day. Um, Let's see. Volpe was leading off. Glaber Torres was batting second. This is also during the time where Rizzo was concussed. But, you know, they just kept running him out there. Rizzo was batting third and DHing. Billy McKinney was in the lineup. Josh Donaldson was in the lineup, batting six. Where's Josh Donaldson now? Is he on a team? Connor Falefa was in the lineup. Where is he now? He's with the Blue Jays. It's not going down like this, bros. So for anybody that wants to get on the fan or get on a podcast or anywhere else and talk about how the Yankees were 19 games behind the Orioles last year and how they're going to make up 19 games, come on, y'all. Do better. Do better. If somebody call me in, phone a friend, have Keith break it down for you. I lived it. And you lived it too. You just forget because we all want to live in uh, 82 and 80 and fire Cashman and all. They had a nine-game losing streak and they're bombs and there's no way. And this team isn't good enough, Keith. They need pitching. They should have added another bat. They never hit, Keith. They never hit. Yeah, well, they added Juan Soto. And I know there's a lot of ifs and maybes and buts, but like that's that's sports in general. 
when they put teams together on paper, that's all it is. It's, well, well, we hope, right? Hope, hope, hope. We the, the Mets hope that Luis Severino isn't the worst pitcher in baseball again. The, the Mets hope that Harrison Bader, who the Yankees traded for in a walking boot in 2022 and ultimately ended up putting on waivers, he ended up signing with the Cincinnati Reds last year. They hope that Harrison Bader is healthy and he doesn't have plantar fasciitis or a hamstring or a concussion. That's what you. That's all you can do is hope for the best in life, in baseball, in all sports. But when I when I hear this conversation about we're crowning the the, the freaking Orioles off of one season, I get it. I I know. Trust I know. Gunnar Henderson is like that. Adley Rutschman. I saw him at the home run derby. I got pretty close to him. Pause at uh at the All Star game. He's one of them guys. I mean, since he came up, he's changed their whole franchise's fortune. That's why they picked him where they picked him, number one. Here comes Jackson Holiday, who's supposed to be a surefire, can't-miss prospect. Maybe breaks camp with them. They got a bunch of other young guys and talented guys. Then you mix in the Santanders and the Cedric Mullins and whoever else. I know. I know they're going to be good, but the Yankees are good, too. The Yankees have some good players, too. And when they were playing them last year and close with them, they didn't have all their good players. I just told you they were they were playing them and playing it close with them with Josh Donaldson, Billy McKinney, and Willie Calhoun in the lineup. Those jokers aren't here no more. You're not going to see them. You're not going to see them. And I'm pretty sure, let me go back and see if I can find standings from last year. AL East standings. 20, I cannot wait for this baseball season to start so we can stop talking. Because nobody talks about where we were. Like, you just forget. Nobody was talking about um, 2022, 2021. I was just looking up a, a projected lineup for the Yankees. And, man, I forgot that 2020 we had Jay Bruce in the lineup. The, the bottom of the order in the projected lineup that came up on Twitter had Gary Sanchez, Clint Frazier, and Jay Bruce. <laughs> you forget. So, yeah, the Yankees did finish 19 games behind the Orioles. But men lie, women lie, numbers lie, too, especially in baseball. They were not that much worse than the Orioles. And then all three of those teams, the Orioles, Rays, and Blue Jays, proceeded to go on and win the same amount of games in the postseason as the Yankees did last year. I rest my case. I rest my case. Don't y'all want to talk about, like, another division? Let's talk about the AL Central. What do y'all think the Twins are going to do? I'm excited to see this Royce Lewis character because when he came out last year in the postseason, I was like, oh, this dude, he's a primetime player. He's ready to play. Let's see. And I got to sharpen up on my uh, other baseball knowledge as well. I'm trying to get back on MLB Network. I'm not going to hold you. I need to send them a long email about like, hey, I'm back. I have a baby, but the baby is older now. I'm trying to get back over there one heart's way and see caucus. Mix it up with Cameron Mabin, my boy Xavier, Xavier Scruggs, shout out to him, Anthony Recker. I'm trying to get back in the gym over there with Sean Casey, the mayor, you know. Even the fact that, like, the fact that I was able to get on MLB Network and be on the first season of Off Base, man, I had no business doing that. (laughs) I'm not a reporter. I'm not a a MLB analyst. I'm not a former player. And that's what the, the... Cass was. Shout out to Hannah Kaiser. I got to actually hit Hannah. I'm going to put that in my notes. I got to bring Hannah on the fan. Um, 
Hannah Kaiser is a journalist. Hannah, Hannah Kaiser is a baseball writer. Like, she's like that, and she's super smart. Um, I'm, I forget where Hannah went to school, maybe Penn, but Hannah Kaiser is like that. Xavier Scruggs, he played in Major League Baseball for the Cardinals, for the Marlins. He also played in Korean baseball. He played in the Dominican. He's got a bunch of connections with players. He Like, he is like that. And then Lauren Gardner, if you don't know who LG is with the red hair, one, she's fine. Two, she knows baseball, she knows hockey, and she is like a TV-trained professional. When you see her on TV, you could tell she's comfortable. She's got the, like, stage presence. She's been on TV for years. Used to be a Denver Broncos cheerleader. Shout out to LG. Miss y'all. Me, honestly, I was a late ad. I came from doing spring training call with John and Susan. I remember I caught... Marwin Gonzalez. Remember Marwin Gonzalez? He's not on the Yankees either. I caught Marwin Gonzalez's spring training homer, and so I popped up on Yes. And I had a little buzz online, and I was also like new here on the fans. My first like spring training baseball season. Next thing you know, I get hit up by MLB Network saying they had a cast of three. They were looking for a fourth. Did I want to come in and read during rehearsal? I came in, I crushed rehearsals and read, and they put me on the show and. Man, that was that was amazing. Like, didn't see that coming. Now the show has evolved and changed. And I was watching the show at times last year, and they got Pedro Martinez sitting in my chair, and I'm like, upgrade, Pedro Martinez over Keith McPherson, upgrade. But I think I could add something to Off Base or any of the shows on MLB Network this year. But a lot of times they want to label you as just a Yankee fan and Yankee homer. Huh, so be it. If the shoe fits, I'll wear it. All right, folks. The other uh, Yankee fan, Yankee boy, Yankee homer is coming up. <laughs> C-Mac is coming through to do what he does. Thanks for listening to my show. I got a five-hour KM to AM later on tonight. Call C-Mac up. Enjoy the night. I'm out. Sports Radio 101.